This is working the beat for April Fool's Day, Wednesday, April first, two thousand twenty. I'm Kevin Kern. Uh, Kevin Cooney, along with Mike Kern. Yeah, you don't want to be that. <laughs> Uh, I've been in the house too long. As we join you, uh, still in quarantine. Mike is still at his house. I'm still here at the home base. And uh, Mike, I think we have a great show today. See, it would be great if on April Fool's Day we could all wake up and say, this isn't really happening. I'll go back. You know, that would be the greatest gift any of us could give to the world. But unfortunately, um, we can't do that. Uh, joining us is uh, today on our show. We mentioned we had a special guest uh, we have a doozy. It's uh, Jay Wright, the head coach at Villanova, uh, two-time national champion, two-time Neesmith coach of the year, coach of the decade from the AP. He joins us. We'll talk a little bit about uh, what it was like for him to see the college basketball season come to an end. We also got into some other issues, and, yes, the NBA issue did come up. Um, so Mr. Kern and I uh, had a half-hour conversation with him. By the way, Kevin, not to give anything away because they're going to listen but he answered the NBA question exactly as I've been telling you for the last however long we've known each other yeah. that he's going to answer the question. Don't so, give it away. <laughs> I'm not going to give it away, but it, it makes perfect sense. And, you know, and, and he's a smart guy, and he's going to figure it out. And, uh, you know, with the Sixers situation, who knows? Yeah. Um, so there, there's this is a long episode. We'll give you this, but it's a good episode. And we're going to have some good guests coming up in the next couple of weeks. Shane Victorino has agreed to join us. Uh, Colleen Wolf from NFL Network. Uh, Kevin Nagandi from ESPN. They have all signed up to uh, come on this little program here as we try to bridge the gap until we get sports again. And Mike, uh, breaking news this morning, uh, if you want Wimbledon, um, another event bites the dust. Wimbledon is canceled. They are not even postponing. They are just done. They're not going to have a Wimbledon this year. No Wimbledon this year. It happened within the last hour. So let me ask you this question, Kevin. Mm -hmm. Most of the events now into July Mm -hmm. have canceled. But we still have an LPGA event at the Shore for late May that they haven't canceled yet. There's an LPGA event at Aronimink that they haven't canceled yet. And I'm not saying that, that God forbid, something something happens that maybe – this turns around quicker than we thought. But what, like, what are people thinking when they think they can still do these things when the world is basically shutting down, and not just till the end of April, but pretty much through much of the summer? And you still hear the NBA and the NHL, and I, I know why they have to do it. I understand it. And the NFL, we're going to start on time, you know, all this, and da-da-da-da. And yet you get the conflicting report about, like, college sports in the fall, hey, we're not sure, and I understand colleges are different than the pros. It was funny because apparently last night um, I saw a report on this. Adam Schefter, who, look, covers the NFL as yep. as well as anybody. Adam Schefter blasted, and, and Adam, because of his relationships with the league, and I'm not criticizing him, doesn't normally come out and put a league on full blast. He came out and just blasted the NFL on Scott Van Pelt show last night and about said what Kevin? about the draft and acting like everything oh, is business oh. as usual. He goes, we're going to have a draft here while there's carnage in the streets. And right. he's right. I mean, <laughs> this is just the more I think about it. And I understand the draft is not going to be what it was here three years ago and, and the right. fans and all that and all, but even just the idea of, of giving, First-rounders, multi-million-dollar paychecks. Wow. Yeah, but look at it this way, though, Kevin. 
I agree. But but what the NFL has done by kind of being business, think of the like if the NFL wasn't around right now in the last couple of weeks when you had things like everybody's talking about the NFL. It's a distraction. It is a distraction. And and I think the NFL is smart enough, rightly or wrongly, to say, hey, we're the only thing that's open right now. People are going to be talking about us. Now, I'm not sure that's the way you should approach this. And maybe that's not why they're doing it, per se. But I just think when the rest of the world, when Wimbledon, yeah. think about it. Wimbledon's been around First cancellation since World War II. Okay. And when they go out and not even say, hey, we're going to try to play in October. You know, or, well, I don't know if you could play in October. But anyway, when they think about that, yeah. I mean, the Olympics got pushed back a year. The um, um, two major golf tournaments, three major golf tournaments, if you count the LPGA, they're going to try to play, maybe, who knows. Um, but as I've said to you many times, if there's not a Masters this year or a U.S. Open, I'll live. And the key phrase in that is I'll live. Um, you know, th- th- this is not, um, you know, at some point, if President Trump did come out and say the other day, finally. It's not the flu. It's not about anything but saving lives. Mm-hmm. And, yes, is that a tough decision when you have business leaders telling you that the economy's toiling and we're never going to get out of this? And I get it. But when, And like I said, if you have an aunt or an uncle or a brother or a sister or you or me, people to get sick and die, then it becomes different. You know, and I'm not wishing anything on anybody. But, like, if Roger Goodell, somebody Roger Goodell knew really well, all of a sudden got sick and died, you know, maybe Roger would sit back and say, ooh. And he answers to the owners. So I can't just say it's Roger. I mean, this, these are the uh, this, owners. This is the owners, and, and Roger does the bidding of the owners. So let's be honest. Right. So And there's a lot of money involved. I, I, I understand all this. And the NFL is dealing with something. And I don't know how you would do the draft. Like, would you push it back till June? Because then you're basically putting your season in jeopardy at that point. Well, and and, that, and that's the other part. I, I think people are wondering, like, this cavalier attitude. It's easy to have a cavalier attitude when you're six months away from your – or five months away from the start of your season. But this cavalier attitude of oh, full speed ahead, and they announced that May 9th the schedule's coming out, and they're going to have the schedule playing that, you know, they can do the full 16 weeks, and here we go with a playoff expansion. Uh, yeah. I, you know, it it's a little too much right now. Well, let's That's say Wimbledon thinking. was what, like early July, right? June, uh, late June, early July. They, people, part of the reason, when, by the way, I should point out, oh, part of the reason that they pushed or they canceled is you already have the U.S. Open schedule for August and September. Then right, the week, right. then the week after the U.S. Open, the French Open has pushed back to that week. Right. So the French Open will be in two weeks, and I guess. By the time you get into that, you're now in October, and October in London, I don't think you can plan on. And we're not, we're not even sure. You know, the U.S. Open, the U.S. Open in September's in New York. <laughs> in June, in July, in June rather. No, no, I mean, I'm, well, I'm talking about the U.S. Tennis Open. Tennis Open, I mean. okay, yeah. Tennis Open is is in really where they're using right. it as a field hospital right now for for patients. Right. And the New York Giants and Jets will be whatever playing game. I mean. I'm not trying to say that we might not be okay by then. Maybe we will be. Um, you know, maybe by August or, you know, I'm supposed to go to, to Ireland in late July, and I'm starting to think, you know. But, and the other thing of this is, Kevin, let's say, sake of argument, they do play games, NFL games, as scheduled. If you're, 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 the rest of your preparation has been cut short, 
Wait till you see the injuries that oh, start happening in week one, it's gonna week be two, ridiculous. week three. Right, it'll be like a mass shooting, and, and then and we can play. And we yeah. always complain about the four week, the first four weeks are sloppy because players don't play preseason games. Okay, yeah, right. Watch what that level of play is going to be with no OTAs, abbreviated right. training camps, and then right into the season. Come on, mm-hmm. no. I mean, I understand why the NFL could sit there and say, "Look, we're still four or five months away. Let's see how this plays out." I, I understand that they're not up against the gun yet, as some other sports might be. But I think you have to, if, if you're just looking out and looking at this, um, unless the world is kind of back to normal or as normal as maybe it can be by like July 1st, let's say. Right. And even then, as we've discussed, and we will discuss ad nauseum, but at what point do you say, okay, it's okay for people to practice on a practice yep. field. It's okay for fans to show up. It's okay. You know, I, I may keep myself basically locked in my house until 2023. I don't, I mean, I, I would just be a little fearful of showing up at the link for the Eagles opener. I would too. But that's me, yep. you know, um, but I don't know. So, so, but that that is the, the headline of this morning, at least as we record this. So, uh, but our headline is, and we'll lead it off with Jay Wright. Uh, the head coach of Villanova. He'll be next here on Working the Beat. And we are thrilled to have joining us here the two-time national championship coach from Villanova University, two-time Naismith Coach of the Year, uh, the coach of the Big East co-champions this year, we should point out. Uh, it's Coach of the Decade. Coach of the Decade. It's Jay Wright. Jay, how are you? Hey, guys. Great to talk to you. Uh, Thanks Jay- so much for taking the time, man. Glad to do it, man. Uh, uh, Jay, I, I got to ask, what's, yeah, normally I would assume, you know, we're recording this on April 1st. You would probably be in Atlanta either with your team or maybe at the convention or whatever uh, for the Final Four. What's this been like for you the last three weeks? You know, it, it's really been um, bizarre, Kevin, you know, as I'm sure it has been for everybody. Um, you, you know, you you start to think about, you know, kind of the rhythm of your lifestyle. And, and, um, since I, since I graduated from college, you know, I've, I've always been a basketball coach except for one year after college working for the Philadelphia stars. But, uh, every year during March, you know, I'm either March is a busy time because you're, you're either in the tournament or if you're not in the tournament, you're working your butt off recruiting because you know, you're behind because your team's not in the tournament, you know? And then, um, as you guys know, the, the final four is, is such a, um, a big event in the coaching world. Um, if, if you make it as a coach, it, it's kind of career defining, but even if you don't, th- those four or five days you spend out there, you have meetings, you catch up with all the coaches, a lot of networking, um, you know, a lot of rules discussion, um, a lot of fun, you know, and, and you're watching the final four games, you go to the games, you get good seats, um, and you're kind of refocusing yourself on the next year. I always felt like when you come when you come home from the final four, um, if you're not in it, when you come home, 
like everybody's on equal ground. You're starting new, but but you don't start new until that final four is over. And um, and so not having all of that this month is has has, has just been a, a really strange month of March. Um, but I can't say that there has haven't been positives. You know, I've enjoyed being home with my family. Jay, oh, I'm sorry. You had it was such an interesting team this year, a young team. A lot of people thought you did one of your better coaching jobs that you've done. And we would have got to see what maybe they would have done or wouldn't have done. And we're never going to get to know that. And a lot of coaches obviously are in the same situation. But is, is that what you're always going to maybe when you look back on this, aside from what we're going through, you know, what this team might have been able to accomplish? Yeah, Mike, I think um, anybody, you know, I, anybody who had, um, you know, a team that that was going to go to the tournament or go to postseason play, I think anybody in that situation um, is, is thinking that and, and has been thinking that at this time of year. You know, I, I, you know, we all talk to each other and, you know, I know I talked to Mark Few and he, you know, he was joking. He called Bill Self and said, hey, let's just meet and let's meet in Denver and settle this, you know, and talk to Joe Mahalik, you know, who had a, a Hofstra team who really could have upset some, some, some teams. And I, and he knew that. And, uh, the, the, you know, the projected brackets had us facing Hofstra, which would not have been fun. So, you know, for us, it's, it's kind of like, um, you know, Sadiq Bay might not come back. And, and so you think about what, you know, what would, what could we have done with him? And, and, you know, maybe we'll never know, or if, you know, Jer uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl doesn't come back, you know, what could this team have been? But we're all thinking about that. And, but on the other side of it, we all we also got to remember, and I know we, we're doing this to try to distract each other and everybody to talk some ball, but given that it, it, it pales in, 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 in terms of importance in, in to, to what's going on in our, you know, in our society right now that, you know, the loss of what the potential of a team would have been is, is nothing, you know, compared to all the lives we're losing and, and, and how important this is. But, but that's what we're doing today. We're trying to just distract people and distract ourselves. Jay, I, I have to ask, I mean, you were in New York obviously for the big East tournament when, when everything kind of broke out, I mean, you know, and every, and all that. What was it like sitting there? I mean, you had one night of the tournament that finished, you know, the first night, and you had that St. John's uh, Creighton game, which got called at halftime. When did you guys know this was probably not going to continue? You know, Kev, I, you know, I, Mike gets sick of hearing me say this when he covers us, but, I, you know, I always feel like um, there are so many – things when, when you have a great season and and you know you win a championship when you look back on it you you realize that there's so many things that were just god's will you know you just got good breaks and and, and now you have to be good enough but and you have to work hard but you know so much of it is just god's will and uh, i look back at my at my personal last year and our, our team i was in china this fall right you know with the usa team and i feel like I got out of it, you know, obviously we didn't know and we didn't hear anything about it when we were there, but, um, 
you know, I got out of there right before it got really bad. And, um, and I feel the same thing about New York. Like when we were up there, it was starting to become eerie because it, you know, we, um, we went up there on Tuesday and we've been doing this for, you know, 19 years. You, you know, you deal with the traffic and every, you know, we go to practice at, um, uh, at John Jay and, right. and, you know, you got it, you plan for traffic and we had to go to the garden for the award ceremony where Jeremiah Robinson Earl got the rookie of the year award. You know, you plan for traffic. Well, we were just zipping right through. There was no one, there was no New York traffic. We, you know, we were zipping around and we were saying to ourselves like, this is, this is weird, man. It's just not crowded. And then we were going to practice on Wednesday at John Jay and they call us and say, Hey, we had a case at our university. So the place is shut down. You can't practice. So we're scrambling around to find uh, a place to practice, you know, and then we, um, we walk to the, we stay right on central park South there. Mm -hmm. So we walk to the New York athletic club and um, the, the other side of it is we were playing really good basketball. We felt like we were really playing good basketball. We, we wound up going to uh, basketball city, which is on the, on the East river. And um, we were the only, you know, it's this big, huge place with, right. um, it, they have like 20 courts in there. And we're the only people in there. The place was shut down. The guy opened it for us and we practiced there. We have a great practice. And then day of the game, we're ready to go. Like we have a walkthrough at the New York athletic club in the morning. And we're, we're just so dialed in and we're sitting down eating lunch and we're watching the start of Creighton and St. John's and we're ready for DePaul that night. And, you know, you just get so focused at that time. You forget about everything else. You forget about the coronavirus. You're just into your game. And then you're watching that game and we get a call, bam, to cancel on the, the big East tournament. And for the first time we're thinking, you know, I said to the team, I, we usually have everything planned for you. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know if we're staying up here. I don't know if we're going home. Go back to your rooms and we'll let you know. And then we wound up leaving right away and, and, and got back to got back to Villanova that afternoon. And all the media was there. And as we were speaking to the media, somebody handed me a phone. It might have been Mark Meany handed me a phone and showed me that the NCAA had canceled the tournament. So then we had to go meet with the guys. So it was a wild day. I have to ask this. I mean, how much as a coach and head of a program, do you monitor your guys after you've been in New York like that for symptoms and, and everything that's going on? You know, Kevin, it's it, it, it right. The, the last day as we, that we were there, you start hearing all these things, you know, our, our team, we had our team doctor who was with us, Dr. Mike Duncan. He, he talked to the team and explained to the team that, uh, you know, if anybody has symptoms, it was a mandate by the Big East and the city of New York that they we had to quarantine them immediately and we they had to be taken to the hospital in an ambulance. They didn't want they didn't want you to get into an Uber or a cab. Right. So, you know, we're having these discussions and that that's that was the day before. That was Wednesday. We, we were going to play on Thursday. So we're having those discussions on Wednesday. You know, and, and his point was, you know, if you have any symptoms, let us know immediately and, and then stay in your room. And then don't, you know, said to the coaches, like, don't drive them. You know, like we have 
there's a, there's a mandate that we have to have them taken out of the hotel by ambulance. So, you know, you, it was it, now it's starting to become a little bit normal. Right. But at that time, that was bizarre to us. Jay, you know, we're older. You know, me and you were about the same age. Kevin's a little bit younger than us. Uh, Not by much. You're dealing with, well, you, well, no. <laughs> you're dealing with 19, 20, 21-year-old kids. And I'm sure you're in contact with them because a lot of them are going to be back with you next year. Um, how do you deal – like, how do you talk to them about this? Um, you know, because we always heard a lot of young kids didn't even want to believe that this was really happening or it was serious or whatever. But how have your conversations with your kids kind of gone? You know, your your um, perspective there is correct, Mike, in that, you know, the way we look at things and the way they look at things is, is totally different. And and that's that's in everything, you know. Um, uh, and what's interesting is there are some things that impact us and are so um, bizarre to us that is normal to them. You know, like all this time right now, doing everything via Skype and Zoom and, uh, you know, FaceTime and everything. like to to me or you and Kevin, like that's kind of uncomfortable to, to them. It's not a big deal. You know, they, like they're taking classes online. I would be struggling, you know, to get, <laughs> you know, just get everything set up. You know, and they're just cruising. They're cruising through it. It's it's incredible. Um, but the basketball part of it, you know, is a great life lesson. Again, as as you know, um, it's funny when I get to talk to you guys, local media. I mean, you guys know everything about us, so it gets boring for you guys. But attitude's such a big part of our our mantra, and in uh, the the basis of it is, you know, as basketball players, we want them to. Uh, understand they're not going to be perfect when they play, but they can't control mistakes all the time, but they can control how they respond and, and how they, what their attitude is on the next play. And and then we wanted them to take that into life and, and understand that you can't, uh, you, you can't, you don't have control of everything that happens to you in your life, but you do have control how you respond to it and what your attitude is each day of your life. And you have a choice when you get up in the morning, what's my attitude going to be? And so we, we've had long talks and, and immediately when this happened, we had long talks about this. Like, guys, it's what we talk about in life all the time. You know, basketball is important to all of us. You know, there's times when we're we're in the, the, the video room at practice on Christmas night and I'm saying to our guys, hey, guys, this is crazy. Like if anybody in your family tells you that this is bizarre on Christmas night to be in here, they're right. We're nuts. But. <laughs> But that's who we are, you know, and we and we have to understand that and we have to respect the other people's perspective. They're not wrong. You know, we, we just you know, we just are who we are and we have to appreciate their perspective and appreciate the balance they give us. So we've used all of that to to, to address this time that. You know, basketball is real important to us, but, you know, in the big scheme of life, um, this is a time for us to spend with our families and have a good attitude about staying focused academically and being creative in, in our ways to work out and, and using this time to improve individually. And, and that's, 
doing that with a positive attitude. That's what we can control at this time. Don't overhead coach mm-hmm. Jay Wright joins us here on working the beat with Mike Kern on the uh, phone. Um, I, I, Jay, I, 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 it's funny cause you watch some of the, um, you know, CBS has done a great job, I think, in, in running the old NCAA tournament games, uh, you know, over the weekends and on CBS Sports Network. And they showed the, the 16 game a couple days ago. And, I, I, you know, Mike and I were there, obviously, you know, y- your reaction stood out at the end. How many times have you seen that game now uh, in some form in four years? Um, You, you know, the the last shot, Chris's shot, I've seen a thousand times because it, it's so much funny. Everyone s- still sends me, and and they did it again after that game was played. They send me a copy of their reaction or their family's reaction, or so you always see that shot. But um, when when we got back from the sixteen game. Um, you know, I, we always watch the film. Patty and I always watch the game film after, right after the game that night. I always have to watch it before I go to bed. But that one we didn't, obviously. And yeah, it would have been um, like five in the morning at that point, yeah, wouldn't it? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I didn't watch that one. So when we got home, the day, I think we had a day before the parade, I watched it that day. But I watched it like as a coach, you know, I, we always we always have to code it. You know, you, you watch the film, you break it down, you make your notes so that if you play that team again next year. So I did that. And then I never watched it again after that. So when CBS put it on, um, we got the family together and um, we got pizza. We made like a big thing. The whole family watched it together. It was like a game watch. It was and we that was the that was the only time I watched it. And it was so much fun to see you know there's so many things you know it's like i you know i didn't know michael jordan was there i didn't know they did an interview with him you get to see where everybody's sitting behind the bench you know you used to see roly massimino mike tortello kyle lowry and eddie pinkney tom pacora my you see our family sitting behind there everybody's reaction and you know you see that you know you hear the things that rap and you know when i watch it on film i just fast forward through every stoppage and you know i don't see all that stuff it was so much fun it was so much fun watching that it was it was really cool mike did you ever get on arch did you ever get on arch about his two late turnovers <laughs> you know <laughs> we were watching the game and arch had one bad turnover late and uh two and i remember that well the first one i remembered and then uh the second one my son colin was saying arch is going to turn it over here and i, I was like no nah, no nah. he just had one he just had one bad turnover <laughs> and Colin's like, no, no, he had two. And then I saw the second one. I was like, damn. I, and I, oh, I went crazy on him after that one. And uh, <laughs> it was so funny. The next day, he actually called me about something else. And uh, he's like, oh, coach, I was watching that game with my girlfriend. And she, she, she couldn't believe how bad you got on me about that turnover. <laughs> she, and I said to her, oh, you, you, you have no idea. That was nothing. She's like that was that was my whole career. You have no idea. Hey, hey, Jay. The you know people now are starting to talk, and this is so fluid, and we're so early in this. But they're all starting to talk already about maybe fall sports, maybe being impacted, college football perhaps, which then in turn 
you know, could maybe impact the start of your season next year. And the Olympics have already been pushed back a year, which you would have been part of. Is it hard to even comprehend at this point how long this could actually take us to get back to normal? Yeah, it really is. It's And it's something that uh, we're, we're all dealing with. You know, each sport is dealing with, you know, you look at the spring sports, you know, they, the NCAA just came out with their decision that um, those athletes in spring sports will get another year of eligibility, right? So, yeah, as you guys know who cover this, there's this impacts so many. It's just the trickle-down effect of all the impact. You know, for us, up until a week or so ago, we were thinking about when could we come back in the spring and start our workouts in the spring. And it's a big part of our program. We feel like what we do in the spring and summer – might have more to do with our success in season than what we do in the fall and winter in practice, because in the fall and winter, a lot, we, we're trying to keep guys fresh. You know, we're, we, we feel like we've done a lot of work in the spring and summer. And um, so we're looking now at what, you know, are we going to get back on campus in the summer, which we might not. Uh, to do our summer workouts, which are a big, big part of it. And we had, we had really planned to adjust our summer workouts. We had this great plan that we spent, we spent weeks on because I was going to have to leave on July 5th for training camp for the Olympics. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't going to return until August 9th. So that was, I was going to miss that July period with our players so we had this whole thing worked out, how we were going to get it in at the end of May and June. We we spent so much time. And then Now that doesn't even matter. The next thought was, okay, now I'm going to be here. Well, now we're looking at we might not be back on campus in the summer. We might not be able to do it. And then once that happens, then if basketball and students aren't back in the summer, then that's going to affect football because those guys are starting in August. And – they might not be able to get back on time to start their camps. Mm -hmm. So there's so much still to be decided and, and, and so much is still up in the air. Jay, you mentioned the Olympics. I mean, you were, you know, you're going to go obviously next year, I, I would assume uh, to Tokyo, but for, for you, uh, you know, what kind of a loss is it that, that, I mean, how much, I know you love your summer and I know you love your summer program, but you also love the shore and everything. And, <laughs> you're now going to get a, an unexpected summer at the shore, I would imagine. But, um, I mean, what was, what were you looking forward to about Tokyo? Hey, hey Jay, before you answer that, you know, my friends just bought a house like five blocks from you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I heard that, man. I hope I know which way to walk on the beach right now. I'm going the other way. <laughs> no, they, they want me to introduce you to them. So I got, you know, I got to, I got to make the introductions. <laughs> I'll do it, man. You know, I, I love the beaches are closed down there right now, which is unbelievable. Uh, I, I mean, I get it. I get why they have to do it, but, and you're right, Kev. I, you know, I, you, you know, you, you, you think about a lot of things during this time, but I, I really do love my summers at the Jersey shore It is one of my favorite places in the world. You love that you in know, baseball, I, right? I do, man. I do. <laughs> i I've had arguments in this summer with uh, Pop likes to go up to Maine and, you know, 
I've had friends have been in Jersey Shore. They're like, what are you talking about, man? Those houses are on top of each other down there. That's not, that's not relaxing. You guys like being in the city at the beach. And I, I, I tell them, yeah, but there's no place better in the world, man. It's, it's, the, it's the best place in the world. But, you know, what I was looking forward to, which is, um, it's so much fun coaching those guys. They are the best of the best. And the guys that you get, you know, even though we didn't have LeBron and those guys last summer, you know, having, you know, Tatum and, and Smart and, and Kemba and, and Joe Harris, all those guys, they're great NBA players. They're really intelligent guys, so coachable. Um, and, and waking up in the morning, going to a coach's meeting, watching film, doing a team meeting, going to practice with the best players in the world and then being off the rest of the day and not having recruiting calls to make and not, you know, worrying about fundraising, like literally being able to go work out, go, go to dinner. Like that NBA lifestyle is nice, man. It's really nice. <laughs> and knowing that you have great players, you know, um, that was fun. It, and I was really looking forward to doing it, you know, cause LeBron and those guys said they were going to play. Um, so you know, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know if we're going to keep the same staff together next year. I mean, I assume they do. I, you know, I've talked to Pop and Sean. We're Sean Ford. We're, you know, we're moving ahead like we are, like we're going to have the same staff. But now we have to look all over again at um, who's going to play. You know, and one of the things I was really concerned about was if they were going to do this in Tokyo without fans and the NBA season. You know, it's was going to restart later. Yeah. Those guys would not have, they would not have played. No. You know, I, I don't know who we would have got to go over there and play. So it was a good decision and hopefully we'll get to do it next summer. You realize Jay, when you said that NBA lifestyle is nice, that probably caused some New York tabloids to, to have their hearts go a pitter at this point, you know, with, <laughs> with, with everything going on. So uh, you, know, you know what got me in trouble with that one? What is, is my wife Patty put our house up for sale? We down, we're downsized. That's what started it. If we would, that's what got it going, man. All right. So can I ask you this? Crazy timing. So can I ask you this once and for all? You know, we've we've all wondered whether you would have interest in the league. Would you? you, know, what, do you I expect, just, what do you expect him to say, Cap? I'm just no. asking. No, no, I, I, I don't. I, yes, we're going to no. link them to 15 jobs. I know. <laughs> no, I don't mind. I, I, I really love coaching those guys. It is a, I got to come up with a better way to explain this, but it's a, it is a great, you know, coaching those guys. It's a totally different job, totally different than our job. Cause our job in college has a lot more to do with um, education, spending time with the guys, mentoring, fundraising, um, academics, uh, recruiting in, in that the basketball part is probably like 30 to 40% of the job in college. Um, so we're different jobs, but I love my job. So I just, you know, I would be crazy to say no, never, but I just don't want to leave. I don't want to leave my job. <laughs> I wish I had a better explanation, but, um, because That's a great I'd, answer. Yeah. I'd be lying. I'd be lying if I said, yeah, I wouldn't like to coach those guys because I get to do it in the summer with the USA team, and I love it. <laughs> it is awesome. But, you know, you got to give up your job. And, and um, 
and I don't want to. I just I just love being here more. And there's a lot of variables. There's a lot of variables that go onto the NBA side too, and you know that. I mean, you know, there's owners and GMs and and all that. Go ahead, more Mike. money. More money. Yes. <laughs> no. So I ask you because I know you got to get going. You got you guys. I ask you this: better team, sixteen or eighteen? There you go. That's a tougher question than the NBA question. It is, Mikey, and, and I got to always be careful. But those guys, it's incredible how much those guys go at it. We we in the. You know, they talk about in the summer when we have our summer jam and they all come back, they they talk about playing that game. And uh, what, what's, what was really interesting watching that 16 game was you, you don't – I didn't realize how young Josh Hart, Jalen Brunson, Mikhail Bridges, Darrell Reynolds, all those guys, how young they were on that team. Phil Booth. You know, they just looked skinny. They looked inexperienced. And then it put to mind how dominant we were in 18 and why. We're like, we were playing with grown men in 18 that, that yeah. had already played in that game and had, yeah. and had already won it, which I, at the time, I wasn't thinking about that. You know, I, you know, there's hey, no kids. Hey, there's, there's, there's 300 programs in the country, 400, refit, whatever. We would love to be able to have that argument. And you guys can think about that. You're right, man. You're right. We, we are blessed for that. So I can't pick one of them, but I do. I just did tell a couple of them this. You know, I was like, you know, look at yourself in 16 and look at yourself in 18. I said to even the arch, I said, look at those guys in 18 compared to when they were playing with you. They were grown men. Like, that's crazy. So the talent level on 18 was definitely better, but I can't I can't say which was a better team. And then you got to argue with the 85 team anyway, so then the argument starts all over again. Well, after watching that game this weekend, I... That was a different I, world. <laughs> it was. It really was. But that game still, to me, and I think it's because of my age and where I was at that time, still seems far more of a monumental game than either of ours. That was even Jenkins shot, which I think is one of the best shots in college basketball history, that game and that upset has to be one of the great upsets all time in sports. It, it is Jay Wright, the head basketball coach Villanova. Thanks two, so much. Jay, I appreciate Great it. To talk to you guys. Be, be good. Stay, stay, healthy, stay healthy with the family and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Best to your families too, guys. Thanks Jay. Jay Wright Great. joining us. Thanks once again to Jay Wright for joining us. Um, Jay always kind with his time to us uh, in the media. And uh, Mike, what was your impression from from what we what we talked about with him? Well, first of all, let's just say this for people that don't know, because they see Jay, we saw him in a different way for a long time. Um, Jay might be one of the most accommodating people, and sometimes it can be hard to get a hold of him. I get it. Sometimes it can be like trying to get the Pope because everybody wants pizza. But when you do get him mm-hmm. and he does make time for you, I used to sit down with him every year. I covered them for what, like nine, 10 years, whatever it was. He would make time for me through Mike Sheridan, let's say in May, like about a month after the season ended, whatever. And it was the most fascinating hour of, of you know, it, it was right up there with my John Cheney's. I mean, you would sit there and he would basically give you the state of Villanova basketball, looking back, 
looking ahead. You know, some years where they had those bad second-round losses, one year when they went 13 and 19, you know, years when they went to the final four years. And he, the greatest thing to me about Jay was, because we gave him our, our good guy award at the Philadelphia Sports Writers Banquet this year, and I had the pleasure of introducing him, he never changed, Kevin. No, he He's the same person, and I know that's a cliche, and I get it. And John Chaney never changed, but John Chaney never won a national title. And, and I mean, Jay's the same person, you know, and I remember him sitting there after that, the, the two second round losses when we, he was playing Iowa the next year. And he goes, I know you guys don't want to write this again. And who else would say that? Yeah. Like what other person would have the perspective to look at us and say, you guys don't really want to write that again. And, and I, w- I was thinking about that night. And I was also thinking about the night in Buffalo when they lost to Wisconsin. And there are some coaches we know who would have cut that short. You know, they, their team was the defending national champion. They had a tough matchup against Wisconsin. They lost in the final minute. It's brutal. He's saying goodbye to Josh Hart and, and Chris Jenkins and all that. And Jay stood in the hallway at, at uh, HSBC Arena and talked to us for 40 minutes. Like, beyond the NCAA mandated, 10 minutes. He talked to us for 40 minutes. And some of it was off the record, and some of it was doing the autopsy of the season and how difficult it was to repeat and all that. And he didn't have all the answers there, but just the idea of the back and forth, and you bounce stuff off him, and and it it was great. It it shows the access that very few coaches give it anymore. In, in some major ways, programs. Kevin, I think Wisconsin was a lot easier because they'd won national title. Yeah. If if they had lost, like, to Iowa that year, let's just say for sake of argument, I thought the year when they lost to NC State was harder because they'd lost to Connecticut the year before, but we all thought, okay, that happened. And Connecticut you know, got whatever. on a roll when it was easier to and take then, two, three weeks later. Yeah, and they won a national title and whatever. But, you know, we were looking at that Villanova right. team. You shouldn't be losing to NC State. And I always go back to the one, and I don't think you were there, in 2010 when they lost to St. Mary's. Nah, that was Jen. That was August. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was a year after they made the Final Four, and yep. the season didn't end well, but it was a good year. And um, Jay sat out there. It was me, Neil Hartman. I want to say Joe. Joe had to be there. Yeah. And it was like Terry Tui, I'm sure, was there. Man, there was about five of us. And he was just talking, and he said, you know, he goes, if this were at Kentucky, I- I'd be in trouble. And I said, Jay, you just went to the final four last year. Like, yeah. he goes, you don't understand. He goes, this is Villanova. Like, you know, and, and that's when I started to get it and, of and, why he liked Villanova as opposed to going to Kentucky. And that leads us to the question about whether, you know, with the NBA, you know, I thought he was, I thought he was honest. He's not going to shut the door because you never shut the door in that case. And you're right. No. And, but he did say no to apparently from what we've heard, he did say no to the Knicks pretty quick, right? Well, he like said no to the Knicks in the public. I mean, we don't know if there was ever an overture right. in private. But, but that is the Knicks. It is the and Knicks. The only, like I said, he loves New York. He loves, loves that building. Loves he that building. He loves that building. He loves New York. But I think the real test will come. I mean, I think like if the Lakers had went after him, not that Patty wants to move across the country, but like to me, see, I could see Jay coaching in L.A. Oh, he'd like, be perfect. If, he'd be Riley Jr. If, if if he had said he was leaving Villanova for UCLA, I would have said, okay, I get that. You know, it's LA. But if the Sixers job does come open, and if the Sixers want to t- talk to him, mm-hmm. 
that will be, to me, the real test because, first of all, he'll be getting a good team. Even though it's a weird team, you, you know, we know that. But you have two of the best 10, 15 players in the league on your team. Mm-hmm. Um, ownership has been weird. We know that. Um, and you don't have to move. And you can coach. You're going to double your salary. And he makes good money at Nova. Let's be real. Um, plus, I mean, plus with the shoe company, you get that. And perk plus, in we just told you about the day, what your day is like. Mm-hmm. You know, you 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 do your shoot around, you do your whatever, and then you don't have to worry about is Josh Hart going to class. Um, you know, you're not meeting with professors. You're not de- dealing with right. yeah. You're not dealing you're with not budgets. Some, you're not calling some 15 year old kid from Bethesda, Maryland to try to you know talk Villanova. I mean, I mean, it's a different life. It's Brett Brown has a different life than Jay Wright. And I'm not saying it's easier or harder. Brett's might it's be just harder. much different. It's the same. Yes. It's the same sport. It's just different. Right. But and I think Jay's smart enough that he would get this. While we would still love Jay and we would probably cut him every bit of slack there is, you're going to get judged on a different level. You just are. What? And I think the one guy who's handled it to me the best from afar is Billy Donovan. Yeah. Um, you know, Billy almost won an NBA title. Um, after almost taking the Orlando job, which may or may not have been, I don't know what that would have been. Um, part of me would love to see Jay do that just to see what Jay could do. And then another part of me is just rooting for him to stay where the heck he's at and we should and po- maybe win another title or whatever. Jay is 58. Um, that window and you and I have talked about it is narrowing. I mean, whether to make Although that coaches jump. Coach, coaches do coach older now, though. No, Kevin. but 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 I'm saying that window yeah, of right. of making right. the leap because I think what we saw Billy Donovan was on the younger side when he went from uh, Florida to OKC. Yeah, we saw John Beeline have trouble cool. with the adjustment at 66, yeah. 67. So, mm-hmm. and you saw Tom Izzo turn down that basically that same the Pistons, right? No, no, he was Cleveland at one Cle- point too. Was a Cle- all right, but the Pistons yeah. also were in it as well. Right, sure, sure. So you're talking, there is a there's a fine line here, and if Jay's going to go, it's going to be in the mm-hmm. next couple of years. Maybe you after de- maybe after dealing with Pop and the Olympic experience, maybe that. Well, I would let's just say, I hate doing this. I hate, but let's say Brett doesn't come back because mm-hmm. we don't know what's going to happen with this season. Yeah, you know, there's so many, and it is a weird time for maybe Jay to make a move like that, you know, with, with, he may not want to leave Villanova at this point because of the kids he's got. I get all that, but let's say it was a year from now, maybe, you know, or whatever. Let's say they bring Brett back and it doesn't work. Whatever. Um, first person he's going to call is pop. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I mean, I'm sure him and pop have had this conversation many times. Yeah. Um, but you can tell just by the way, Jay answered your question. There's a part of him that really is intrigued by that. And, you know, and and that means to me that there's a part of him, he ain't ruling it out. No. You know? But he, but it's going to take a lot. Well. It's going to take well, a lot. Well, look, it, it, what's it going to take? I mean, you know they're going to double his salary, basically. Right. Okay, what else is there? It's Philadelphia. You know, yeah. so it's not like he's got to uproot his family and move to, you know, somewhere wherever that where would be, right. he lives in the same house. Right. Um, he goes to work. He just goes to it instead of well, driving. He'll be living in minutes. a different house since he's moving. But, yeah, I get you. But yeah. And, he, I mean, now, you know, I mean, he's got a longer commute because they do it in Jersey, right? Yeah, in Camden. Um, 
Yeah, but so maybe, hey, maybe, maybe they relocate again. I don't, what I'm just saying is his his life wouldn't be getting totally uprooted. Right. Um, I mean, I would put, this is just me, and, and this is Philadelphia now, because I don't know if any other job, I would put it at like a 20%, 25% chance. Okay. Uh, this is a good segue to another topic. Uh, and we're both big fans of Bob Ford. And uh, Robert had a column yesterday on inquire.com about the relationship he wonders if, you know, we talked last week about the idea of, of what happened with Josh Harris and, and, and David Blitzer and the whole idea of cut, you know, the pay cuts and everything. And Joel Embiid stepped in and Joel Embiid ended up shaming in a sense, whether he intended to or not his owners into rescinding the pay cuts and, and all that with his donation uh, to charities and Bob speculated whether this is a sign, whether the Embiid Sixer relationship is meant to last long term, um, and long term being like a couple years. Um, well, he signed for a couple years. I yeah, mean, but whether whether there could be some movement. Hey, look, look, dude, look, Joel Embiid's a different dude. Okay. Ben Simmons is a different dude. They got two different dudes, like on this team, who are their two best players. And I think Jimmy Butler looked at it and was kind of like, Ugh. I don't know. I don't know what this ownership like is going to do, want to do. I think, me personally, when you have two players like that trading one of them, I think you're going to regret it. I do too. Because ultimately, you don't get back in return. I can't tell you if this group or or the core of Embiid and Simmons is going to win a championship. I, I can't tell you that because I, I think they have a chance. You know, LeBron gets old. Um, um, uh, you know, Giannis leaves Milwaukee. I, I don't know. I don't know what the NBA holds, but I don't, I don't think. And look, I, I I love Bob. Bob's one of the best writers in the city, if not beyond the city. I think in this we're kind of fishing for stories. And I don't mean that Bob was fishing and throwing out something he didn't think was true. But I'm just saying is I think we try to make now a lot of everything because we have nothing else to talk or write about. Um, yeah, I mean, at some point, I think Joel likes Philadelphia. I really do. I get the impression that yep. he likes playing here. Now, is Joel, um, use whatever word you want to use here, enough to look at the ownership and say, boy, I don't think they can win. I don't like what they're doing. Um, I went out of here after my contract's up. I don't, you know, but if you're looking at the other way, does the ownership look at like, Joel as a building block at this point? I mean, you I, know, with his I, injury history and his conditioning issues and all that, there's a, there's the I other don't know, part. But I, if you, if you go out over this off season and say, Hey, we want to trade Joel. What are you getting for Joel Embiid? I mean, really? Yeah, you're right. You're getting draft picks. Are you getting? Um, then you better be damn certain that you're starting over again, and you're not. Well, you, and you, you can't start up, over with Horford and. Well, when we were talking about Simmons, and you had bought up like, and my thing was okay, who do you trade Simmons for? And you had bought up the guy from Portland, who's a really good player, mm-hmm. different player. CJ McCollum. No, no, you had bought or, up the uh, other guy, uh, Damian Lord. Excuse Damian me. Lord. Okay, and I just said, I go, okay, you're going to give up four years. Um, he's a different player, so your team's going to change. Mm-hmm. Um. But it would have to be a player of that to even get me to think about it. And I just think in Ben Simmons, even though he has that biggest flaw that he doesn't shoot, won't shoot, he does so many things well that you just sit there and go, do I really want to trade that at 24 years old or whatever he is? 
when his when supposedly him and Joel haven't even reached their peak yet. Now Joel has the injury issues. I get that, but these guys are still a couple years away from being supposedly the best they can be. And in Simmons' case, I can see Simmons playing into his mid thirties and being a really good player. But do you take the risk that three or four years from now Ben Simmons is one of the best three or four players in the league, even with his inability to shoot? I think he could be, um, because he defends, but but he passes, it's, but Mike, you I know, think, I think it's a legitimate point. To, to bring up about, you know, I, 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 they have say what you want about the hinky years. Okay. And, and look, there's, there's a lot of ways to break this down and, and everything. The one thing hinky gave them was optionality. Okay. Of, okay. We could go with this. We can go with that. We have lots of cap room. We're saving up. We're doing this. We got draft picks. Da, 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 da. They don't have that anymore. But he didn't give you optionality because his option was to, to keep doing the same thing. That's all Hinky was built to do. But we're going to stockpile draft picks, and we're going to. But keep they open. had. But by the time Hinky left here, right. they did have a bunch of assets that really could have worked, or you could have used. Well, you they know, used them. They used them to get Tobias Harris, and they used them to get Jimmy Butler. I mean, that was they played their card, and they and they used whatever cap room they had on Al Horford this year. Yeah, well, I, I mean, look, I understand why they had to do with Harris, why they did it. That's the NBA now, okay? If you're not going, if you were going to get rid of Butler and Harris, and go get somebody else, okay, that's fine too. But they gave up a lot to get Harris, okay? In theory, they did. Um, they gave up that draft pick from Miami, whatever. But I understand you have to give, you have to overpay a guy to have him be your third piece. The Horford thing, I didn't get. But when they did the Horford thing, everybody nope, seemed like they were on board. You know, we're getting a guy from Boston. Oh, we're we're hurting Boston. Um, I just thought you were getting a guy who was kind of old, getting older. I shouldn't say old, but getting older. He does. He if if he's brought in to be Embiid's backup, that's one thing. Um, an insurance policy, that's a very large insurance policy. But if you're bringing him in to play with Embiid, well, obviously we found out that that. Kind of doesn't work. And we've had these conversations before. If you're going to have a team with Embiid and Simmons as your two guys, I got no problem with that. But you better be. The other three guys better be shooters Mm -hmm. or two of the three. And they got rid of uh, JJ. And I, okay, he won a lot of money too. This is the problem when you have a team when guys are making lots of money is the guys who become your four, five, six kind of guys you might not be able to get the guys you want because of the salary cap. Um, and they're in a spot right now. Look, they're still a good basketball team. They under And, you know, the strange part is if all the scenarios that have been played out with the NBA of having playoffs in all one site and maybe best of five series as opposed to best of seven and, and all this, this could work to their advantage. You know, remember, Simmons was out with the back stuff before all this happened. With, but, again, with I don't care. But no, like whatever ha- whatever happens this year is in a vacuum. Like if right. it happens, it happens. But I'm not going to sit there and say, "Oh, it worked." Because does it almost feel like it could fail. be a do-over now? No, but when I, look, Kevin, they underachieved this year. Yeah, okay, none of us. But that doesn't mean next year or the year after when Simmons are still going to be on the team. They might add a piece here or something. I don't know what they can do. But we can't just throw it out with the trash because they're 24, 25, 26, mm-hmm. whatever. Now. 
Another person could make the argument that maybe it's the coach. It could be. You know, I don't know this, but maybe if somebody else were coaching this team, Jason Kidd, um, Mark Jackson. Well, and, um, and the interesting part is where coaches – like we've seen less turnover in college basketball this year, uh, with head coaches. All right, you know because of, re- you know, schools aren't going to pay contracts out because of of the revenue shortfall after losing the NCAA tournament. Uh, you know there there's a certain fairness, there's a certain coldness now. Uh, if you're getting rid of a coach in the middle of a pandemic, um, will that be the same in the NBA? Well, we see less coaching moves, you think, because of, you know, you're going to have a shorter offseason. You're going to have no offseason program, I would imagine. Well, first of all, you got to see what happens with the rest of the season. And I don't know that. And you may not know it for four months. Yeah. Like, are they going to play regular? I would say right now, I don't think they're going to play regular season games. I could be wrong. I think, if anything, they'll have a playoff and just say, this is where the teams were. Mm-hmm. And if, God forbid, you were the ninth team, two games out, too oh. bad. You're not in the playoffs. And maybe we'll do best of three first round or something or whatever they do. But, like, to me, if the Sixers, uh, let's say, they, let's say they, they start up and they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals mm-hmm. and lost, they beat the Celtics, um, and then they lose to the, the Bucks Because nobody knows how these teams are going to come back. Yeah. Um, as you as an ownership, how do you look at all that? It's bizarre. I mean, it's, you don't it's know beyond how It's bizarre. Do. And the Sixers ownership, I mean, there's two ways of thought. They could say, hey, look, we saw 58 games or 60 games, whatever we saw. We didn't like what we saw. That's enough. But my, right. But my take, and he, and he has been here a while, my take is like what you just said, though. Because of the pandemic and, and all this, I think, and you'd be starting the season so quickly next year, um, Unless they have a guy in mind specifically that they think would be more of an answer, um, it's just hard right now where we sit today to see to think about change. Yeah. You know, it's just it's just like you know. I mean, I, I would tend to believe that they might just say we'll bring them back, and ma- and maybe if next season's not going too well at the halfway mark, we make a change then. The um. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, Did you see in Philadelphia, Kevin? In Philadelphia, what makes perfect sense is the Sixers will win the whole thing. And you can't come back. The Sixers will win the whole thing. You know what? Maybe the Flyers will win too. And no parades. Two parades in a pandemic. I mean, yeah, only in Philadelphia. (laughs) It would be the greatest sports year we we would ever have. Yeah. Um. So, by the way, there, there was a idea floated out there. ESPN mentioned it last night. Um, Tiger and Phil may do another one of those dual matches. I don't care. I don't care. I didn't care about the first one. Why should I care about the second one? All right, well, to raise money for panda uh, for the that's pan- fine. Okay. Oh no, no, no! Go raise a billion dollars. That's a great idea. I don't care about the golf. Okay. I don't care about Tiger Woods the, playing 50-year-old Phil. And the, the, this this will make it even worse. They're uh, going to have teams. They would have teams. Did you hear who would be on the teams? No. Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Okay. And that's great. Like, like I wouldn't care about the golf part of it. Oh, yeah. And the I golf part of it would be awful. I wouldn't pay to watch it. Now, I'll, I'll tell you what. I might want to watch Brady and, and uh, Manning more than Tiger and Phil. And it would be fun. 
And it, I mean, the first one was awkward, if I recall. Yeah, it was. There was a lot of awkward moments during it. But in a case like this, where you're going to raise money, it's just like all these um, singers now are going on, you know, doing concerts from their home and stuff. I think that's tremendous because America should have a way beyond what the government is going to try to do to help out of helping the people. And I don't just mean the people in the hospitals. They're they're angels. There, there's no doubt, and not just the hospitals, but the people giving the tests out. Right. Anybody has anything to do with medical right now, but the guy, the poor people, like your mom in the Acme, who go in there every day so I can go get groceries, uh, or the person over. Well, at my yeah, my, my mom works in the pharmacy, but go ahead. That's fine. But all the people at her mm-hmm. Acme that are going in there and putting food yep. on the shelves Agreed. and trying to keep it clean, those the delivery people from Amazon and and other places. Um, yeah, the one guy just got fired. Are you, are you really kidding me? Um, all of those people, you know, go out of your way. If, if you can't give them a, say, thank you, be nice to them. Um, every time I'm in the line somewhere, I just say, Hey, be safe. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that makes a difference or not. I don't know. But if Tiger and Phil and Tom Brady and Peyton can get together and raise X amount of dollars and it goes to the people that need it the most. God bless him. Yeah. But I'm just saying, I'm just talking about the golf. Oh, uh, the golf will be, yeah. 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 Um, and you may see, you know, maybe in a perfect world, Kevin, you may see the NBA or the NHL or Major League Baseball do something similar. I I I don't know. I think we can rule out one thing. The NFL won't. You know what? I'm yeah, kidding. We, we, no, I know, but you're you're sort of right. Um <laughs> no, I mean we pick on the NFL and, and the and I'm sure the NFL is going to donate lots of money and and, and they'll I, run their PSAs and all right. that. But, but let's say let's say for sake of argument, Major League Baseball started started the, the first game back on Fourth of July, like you were talking, is going to be the, an All Star game. Mm-hmm. They picked the All Stars from last year, whatever, and they played in an empty stadium, and everybody who's watching the game can. There's a number you can call in. Yeah, and donate a dollar, donate five, donate ten, whatever. Think about that. Be awesome. What, what good that would do? Yeah, would. And then the NBA could maybe do the same thing, and the NHL, and, and they'd be in empty arenas, um, and people would watch because people have nothing to watch. That's right. They're, they're, you know, as much as I hate the NHL All Star Game and the NBA All Star Game, you take it right now, wouldn't you? Oh my God! I, I mean. <laughs> it's, but the, the the sad, Kevin, it's not that I've been doing this for two weeks or two and a half weeks. I got to do it for another six, eight weeks, I'm thinking. Yeah. I, um, I just got off the phone with a friend of mine, John Garrity from, from Kansas City, who I was supposed, who was supposed to go to Ireland with. We don't think we're going to make it. But um, he's like, uh, he's, you know, in his 70s, and his wife had a bad heart scare last year with her lungs. So she's particularly susceptible. He just said to me, he goes, yeah, you know, we're basically in the house, and we know we're going to be in the house. I mean, they go out to the store, you know, right. to get things or whatever. And that's um, America better come, not all of America maybe. There's parts of America where you might not be as bad off, and, you know, you can kind of figure it out more. But and, and look, it's just this is, this is reality, man. I mean. And there's time later on to analyze about what broke down and everything with it. it, it that's not important right doesn't now. matter. Not right it now. Yeah, no, I no. mean you learn you learn yeah. from an oh, incident. Oh, it matters to the doctors, and and you learn from an incident later on. Yeah, to try to prevent it from happening again, and I get it. But right now, the next six weeks, not and I'm saying that well, you have to totally like not have an opinion or anything. Just 
No. Focus on what's important here. Kevin, there's an eye on the ball factor here. They had something on the news just now. It was before you called me. Um, they're saying now that this is a. It was either three or four times. I don't want to get my number wrong, but it was three or four times as contagious as the flu. Yeah. For all those weeks, what were we hearing? It was just the flu. It's just the flu. Right. It's another version of the flu. It's don't. Well, now obviously we were wrong. And I'm not blaming anybody. No. I'm just saying we were wrong. And you can't rewrite history now and go back and say, well, no, no, we, we never said that. No, we said that. Here's a scary thought. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. We're sitting here next April 1st. Mm-hmm. What kind of world are we living in? I couldn't even tell you right now. I couldn't. Do you think I'll be over your house? I'd like to think I would. I'd like to think. Um, Baseball would be getting ready to start a season or – or would have started a season, the NBA and NHL seasons would be winding down. Might have college football. And college football in the in, in, in the, the spring, in the which has been mentioned here. Uh, yeah, Stuart Mandel wrote a, wrote a... Well, the funny thing about that is, now think about this. Let's say that is what happens, that mm-hmm. they play college football in, um, in um, January, February, March. I don't know what you would do with bowl games, you, you know, how you would sell them, where they would be, whatever. But let's say you're having now you bring weather into effect. Okay. College football never really deals with weather, except in much. September, right? When it's hot, when it's hot, and when you have storms and all that. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, Wisconsin football in winter. No, it's yeah. No, <laughs> it's, know, but these are things we're not even thinking about, mm-hmm. and nor should we. But it's almost like it would be great if the whole world could put the pause button on for like six months and just stop. And wake up six months from now, and maybe this was all over because we didn't do anything for six. But we can't do that. No. I mean, that's obviously, we we just can't. We can't function. And the thing is, we could do everything great in America. And it may not matter. It may not matter because other parts of the world aren't as equipped or, you know, I'd like to think that we're going to have a vaccine at some point, whether that's a year from now, a year and a half. I don't know. Um it's just the, the unknown scares me. Yeah. I can deal with the known. You know, Mike, you got to go in the hospital. You know, we got to fix your heart. Your heart's not working right. Okay. We got this really good doctor here. They're going to, they're going to take care of you. Um, but I don't know. And, and like I said to me, Kevin, it's not even the big things. It's the little things like, Oh, sure. Just watching ESPN at night to get the highlights. Yeah. I miss it. You know, like we'd be watching now, they'd be giving you all the home runs, right? That's what ESPN does. Yeah. All the home runs for the day. Tomorrow would have been opening day in Philadelphia. Oh, really? Yeah, that tomorrow would have been, been awesome. the home opener. Yeah. And like, and, and I understand. It's the Brewers. Wow. Okay. Pretty Christian Yelich. Yeah. Um, like, I, I saw where the MLS, and I'm not a big ML, trust me, I don't follow the MLS. They came out with something that they have plans, they're going to play their whole season. Like, it's a, really? Like, that's what you're thinking? Like, like I get it. You have to think, and you have to have kind of plans. But wouldn't it almost be better just to say, hey, we're going to put this on hold for a month, a month and a half, two months, and see where we're at, and then go from there. You know, and, and let's see what the president says on April 30th. Because I think what the president's going to tell us at the end of April is basically, like, we're not out of this yet. No. Um, um, you know. Let me let me point out a couple things here. One, uh, my apologies uh, we had a really good interview with uh, Dr. Jill Giordano Farmer. Uh, Would have won us an Emmy. Yeah. 
Did they give Emmys for this? Anyway. I don't know. Um, she, was, she was great. She was great. And unfortunately, somewhere along the line, the file got corrupted here. Uh, I'm hoping to get her back on here. Uh, if I get her back on today or tomorrow, I may just do it solo, Michael. Um, yep. and uh, get it posted as almost like a bonus edition. So she had, so she had some great. She just was. Um, she works with your wife, right? Uh, she worked. She was my my wife was basically her secretary, uh, okay. for for two or three years. Uh, yeah. and she's a yeah. She has a family. Uh, she's uh, the head of the Parkinson's direct division over at uh, Global Neuroscience Institute over in Lawrenceville and in Philly. Uh, also had a master of public health. Uh, of R.W. Johnson School uh, mm-hmm. or R.W. Johnson University. So I, you know, we talk she about... Answered, she answered a lot of questions. She, in a she really did. And, and look, she's not on the front line, but she has, you know, obviously the medical background. And, and she the, is on the front line. I mean, yeah, I get you. Yeah, she's not in an emergency room and she, you know, with but neurology. She knows, people that, she knows people that are. But she I'm knows sure. people that are. And she talked about the fact that six weeks ago she was playing at a convention and... Yep. You know, you know what the most depressing part of this is for me? When I watch the news at night and I see the people, the looks in the people's eyes scared who are working in emergency rooms scared and they're working 17 hour days mm-hmm. and they're not eating and they're not get, and, and, and they're not seeing their kids. And then you see the pictures of them maybe with their kids, but there's like a glass between them and, and you just sit there and go, Oh, and the thing that strikes me, Kevin is whatever you think about all this, you're a Republican, a Democrat, a, 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 whatever you are, Common sense, if we all just basically try to use common sense, and the doctor answered a lot of our questions with a lot of common sense, I thought. And if people just kind of, kind of, you know, we're not, we're not always going to think common sense. I mean, but, right. but if you gravitate towards that, I think we'll nine times out of ten, you're going to come up with the right answer. We'll be fine. Uh, what's on the uh, current viewing list for the week? Oh, <laughs> uh, uh oh man what uh, law and order uh you're not watching the night. tiger the tiger guy the the tiger no god no 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 um i don't i mean i missed a couple of my shows last night because we were taping the, tuesday night's a good night because they have like ncis fbi and fbi so i'll probably watch them today on 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 demand but um i don't know you know it's just it's I looked at my wife. I said, another month and a half. And she goes, yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah. Me and everybody else in the world. So it's not, you know. Uh, I'll, I, be fi- I'll be fine. I, I actually got into, um, well, Kim Burns Baseball is on uh, Prime Video. Yeah, I saw, I saw a little bit of that, yeah. Uh, and I've been watching that. I've been watching um, uh, a lot of the American Experience stuff. Uh, they had one last night on polio. What channel? What channel is that on? That's t- that's PBS. Like tw- okay, so okay, I gotta look for it. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, and, and actually, a lot of game show network too, which is weird. I, I yeah, I'm not as I used to be big into game shows, not as much anymore. But I'll tell you what's been on a lot that I found is the thirty for thirties. Yeah. Um, and some of them are really good. Yeah. Um, and I've been noticing. Um, you know, they had the Jim Valvano one on. I've seen that a, a lot. Are, are you looking forward to the Jordan uh, documentary ESPN is coming out with? I will not watch it from start to finish unless there's definitely nothing to do because it just doesn't. But it is Michael Jordan. There are parts of it I'll probably find more interesting than others. I, I 
You know, pro- probably I will watch it. Right. Because who, who's doing it? Is ESPN doing ESPN it? is doing it. Okay, and they usually do a pretty good job with stuff like that. But, you know, they've been kissing Michael Jordan's ass for, for 30 years, and I get it because he kind of made ESPN. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah ironically, know. at a time when ESPN did not have the rights for the NBA. so Yeah. and I mean, look, he's one of the greatest athletes ever. Yeah. And will be, you know, I mean, so I can't deny that. I just get a little Michael Jordan out yeah, I hear you. sometimes. It's not his fault. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, I, I, I want him, him. I want him to talk about his years with the, uh, with the Bobcat slash Hornets as the uh, GM and owner. And yeah, he how... he's not, is he not that anymore? He got out. No, of he's still there. Okay. I thought, did you ever see the 30 for 30 with him in the minor leagues? Yeah. With Terry Francona, Terry Francona. I'll tell you what. Talking to Francona about that the one time was enlightening. About In what Jordan. way? Um, how Jordan busted his ass to 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 try to make it work. Like it wasn't a, a, some kind of a show. It was. No. It was no. him trying. He well, just. There's a big story on ESPN today. It was like the lead story on the website, mm-hmm. and I have not read it yet. But that was the, what the story was about. It was that Michael Jordan really. And I don't know who was quoted or who said what. But I'm sure Frank Cohn is in there. That he wanted to make it to the majors. Oh yeah. Like you know, um, and I, and you know the story that I'm sure you've heard this. That one of the reasons he left was because the NBA was investigating his gambling. Yeah, that that that's always been like an old. I don't want to say a yeah. wise tale, but it's and then his father die right, right around. That was that summer. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. You know, hey, so. look, Michael Jordan is a fascinating. Oh, it's whatever. Um, and yeah, I, I'm sure that when it comes on, I, I w- will watch it. And, and plus, they'll replay it a million times. I'm sure I'll probably watch all ten parts because by April, there won't be any new shows on TV. Basically, yeah, pretty much. Um, I, I would recommend people don't watch Naked and Afraid, which which Naked and Afraid might be the stupidest concept for a show. We're going to throw a man and a woman on an island, and we're going to take their clothes off. But we're not going to show you, you know. So why take the clothes off? And and then you get the Bachelor or the Bachelorette or or the Bachelor singing, and then you got Survivor. So between the three of them, there's three shows I'll never turn on, but that's okay. You seem to know I've a lot about it for not turning it on. I've never watched a reality show in my life for more than like a couple minutes just to laugh at it. I, I got hooked on American Idol for a while. Okay, but and I don't fault you for that. No. It's just not my, and I don't think American Idol. Is as bad as some of those. It's more of a game show than a reality show. And and there is some talent on it. I'm guessing, right? Some people, yeah. Kelly Kelly Clarkson, uh, uh, Carrie Underwood came from there. Um, Tell me who the talent on The Bachelor is, please. There is none. Yeah, and it's all contrived. Jesse Palmer was a bachelor. Who? Jesse Palmer. Yeah, and I like Jesse Palmer, but the whole show is like people think reality shows are spontaneous. Mm hmm. They are anything oh, but scripted. spontaneous. They're scripted. Yeah. Yes. But people watch it like it's a soap opera. Oh, cake <laughs> is Cake Wars spontaneous? Who's that? Cake Wars or whatever. The the buddy oh. versus uh I don't and I like Duff Gold. I don't like any of those shows and I watch a lot of the Food Network. I know. Why do you think I brought I it up? I don't like those shows where they have like the comp like like let's who sees who beats Bobby Flay. Yeah. I used to watch Iron Chef a lot. Cause I thought that, but then it got old. Cause it was the same show. Yeah. Pretty much. All. I, I remember I met Michael Simon one time and I asked him, I said, how do you guys come up? It's not that you cook the food, 
but they give you like two seconds to tell you what you're going to be cooking. Yeah. And I always thought that maybe they had let them in on it before. Yep. I, I don't think I ever got a good answer from them, but, um, you know, I love the shows where they go places. Yeah, I, I hear And you. then hopefully I've been to the places. Um, and I'll say to my wife, see that place there? Yeah, we, we ate there like, um, you know, whenever. But All right, so next week uh, we got a, we, we're going to have a good guest. It doesn't matter okay. which one we want to pick right now. There's going to be... We may end up doing two next week. Um, might be the doctor. Might be the doctor again. <laughs> you may have the doctor on in between without Kern, but uh, uh, I I appreciate her uh, coming on, even if we didn't get her on. And of course, my appreciation one to Mike Sheridan for setting it up. Absolutely. And Jay Wright uh, from Villanova. Yeah. There's jo- another person, Kevin. Like people don't know what Mike Sheridan does. Okay. Mike He's has to be the. Mike has to be the ring, uh, the, the 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 ringleader a little bit. But the sports information directors, and you were one for a little while. I don't acknowledge that anymore. Okay, but I'm just saying, <laughs> we know a lot of sports info. In our life, we've dealt with many, many, many sports directors, sports information directors. They are, in a sense, the lifeblood of universities. Yeah, they are. Because they're in charge. Like, and I've talked to Rich Berg at Temple a lot during this, and um, – they're not only dealing Larry with Do- us. Larry Doherty, Larry Doc, um, Marie you know, Marie Wozniak. Yeah. Joe, I mean, but they're dealing with like 15 different sports, 300 athletes, um, and trying to get Jay on a show like this and get yeah. him on, you know, a morning show and this and that. They, I mean, they have thankless, thankless, thankless jobs, and most of them don't get paid real well. Oh. Um, and and you never hear about them unless they screw up. Yeah, you know, you never say, "Hey, Mike Sheridan did a great job." But Mike, um, Mike is awesome, and Mike is Mike. And used Bill, to, Villanova is lucky because they got Mike and Dean and Dean kind of fit. They got two great ones. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, and, and look, it's I'm the sure important. We, there's the importance of having an SID. Oh, it, there, there's no. I've always thought this. You can't put a value on a good SID. You can't. You cannot. A yep. bad SID can really screw you up. Yep. Um, but the, the public doesn't care about that. Nah. That you know, that was our worry for that all was those our years. worry, um, as it should be. Yep. But when but Mike did a great job because we contacted him like about a week, week and a half ago, and he said, "Look, he's a little busy right now. I'll get back." And I thought, "Oh, okay, we're never going to get him." And nah. boy, just and like Mike, that, Mike on Monday of last week. Hey, can yep. Jay do next Wednesday? It's like absolutely. Yep. So so thank thanks, thank you, thanks to Mike Sheridan, and of course thanks to Jay Wright for joining us, and thank you for joining us, everybody. Please be safe out there. We know it's tough to stay in in the house, but do so. It makes this all end quicker. For Mike Kern, I'm Kevin Cooney. See you next time on Working the Beat. Well, you went uptown riding in your limousine with your fine Park Avenue clothes. Bye, Mike.